Welcome to the Move with Modus podcast. My name is Dr. Christopher Ellis, and joining me is personal trainer John Williams. We are the owners of Modus Personal Training and Physiotherapy. Together, we will discuss any topic you can think of when it comes to training and rehab. From the carnivore diet to hip impingement, you can be sure that all your questions will be answered. Enjoy this week's episode. Okay, John, how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah. Ready to talk some diet? I am, and I think you know it's going to be a good episode when you got the uh, old school notebook. I got, I got my cheat sheet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll start off today. So we're going to talk about a lot of diet styles and sort of the spectrum of diets that exist. But before I even get into that, let's start off with what not to do. And that is what most people do with the standard American diet, which is horrific that we feed our children this. All right, so this is your mac and cheese, your box this and that, everything packaged all that stuff is loaded with sugar, loaded with vegetable oils, which leads to chronic inflammation and basically diabetes, right? So diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah, that's, that's a term now. I have never heard that uh, term, but I think it works perfect. It's, it's a new term being thrown out there. Uh, these kids are in a chronic state of inflammation, and it's just causing a cascade of like metabolic issues. And they're getting so little nutrients, too. So it's basically the worst possible diet. What are some staples of the standard American diet? Craft mac and cheese. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, if it comes in a package, it's probably garbage. If it's got a list of like five ingredients or more, it's probably garbage. If it's not in the periphery of the grocery store, it's probably garbage. I, you know, I rarely go into the middle of the grocery store. If I do, it's for like coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about it. Um, maybe a few other things, but it's everything in there is just junk. Now that I think about it, I don't. Every once in a while, I need to get olive oil. And that's kind of it. Yep. Maybe if I have to take a trip down the wine aisle, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. So that's what not to do. So I see diet styles um, on a spectrum. On one end, you've got you've got like vegan, vegetarianism, the other carnivore, right? And everything in between, some of the sensible diets in the middle. So on the vegan end is more high-carb, low-fat, whereas the carnivore side is just the opposite, low-carb, high-fat. And how is vegan high carb, low fat, and vice versa? Like, what's well, what is it that's in the vegan diet that's so high carb and low fat, and then on the well, flip side as well? They're basically avoiding animal foods, so they're not really getting fats, right? Um, but they're getting lots of fruit and vegetables, pastas, you know, grains, and so that's going to be a lot of carbs. And carb was just the opposite, right? So. Um, which I, you know, I think is fine. You can pick whatever you want to do, and I think you have to pick what, what works best for you. And if you think about like our ancestors, we didn't all have the same environment. You know, I, I bias towards carnivore because I just do really well on it. You know, maybe my ancestors were big meat eaters, so I do think people should try different styles and see what works best for them. And what do you think works best for you? So right now, I have been doing the carnivore diet. Yep. And I feel really good on it. Yep. Um, I, I still don't feel like I found an optimal diet. Yep. Where like everything feels like it's really clicked, mm-hmm. but this is the most anything has ever clicked. And we're going to talk about the habits of nutrition in the next episode. And when we get into that, you're going to see that I've been pretty disciplined, have tested and retested and readjusted my diet so many times that mm-hmm. I've gotten pretty good at feeling better and better over time. This is the best I've felt. Yep. I think there's something optimal out there. Um, and it's all about just finding out what that is. But right now I'm on the carnivore and this is the best I've felt so far. Yeah, on the carnivore end of the spectrum, I see it kind of like a, it's been a progression over the past few decades. It started off with Atkins, 
then become paleo, and then it became keto, and now carnivore seems to be the most extreme. Right. So maybe one of those, like a paleo, might be like a good fit for you, you know? Yeah, so. and it would be interesting to test like my food sensitivities, do like a blood chemistry analysis, mm-hmm. um, see a nutritionist, and see how they dissect it yep. versus how I've just been kind of doing my research, which is probably not as thorough. Well, that's what I like about carnivore is it's so restrictive of what you can eat. That when you come off of it, you, if you slowly introduce stuff back in, that's almost a way of doing your own food sensitivity test. Yes. You know, like that's what I would say is pick one vegetable add in, you know, for a week and then another one and then see you if you react to anything. Yeah. And this is one of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about meal prepping. When you start to meal prep, you can do these things very easily. You can be like, okay, well, here's the six things I'm going to eat. Let's see how I feel. Okay, I felt kind of weird. Let's take away one of these things and see how I feel. Let's yeah. add one thing and see how I feel after that. Did that make a yeah. difference? Yeah, the less variables, the better if you're yeah. going to like test it out. And so. real quick, so, since we're talking about the spectrum of diets, and I thought that's a really interesting way you sort of put it. One of the things I always think about is, well, what's the the difference between some of these things? Like, what's the difference between like vegan and vegetarian? How do those two groups of people differentiate themselves? Oh, God. Um I'm going to probably screw this one up because I haven't really dug into that. But I think like vegans just more extreme. If it's, if it's come from an animal at all, they don't eat it. Like I, I don't think you do cheese if you're vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Forgive me. It's probably – I don't want to say more than that because I'm going to probably screw it up. But there is slight differences. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But uh, regardless, there's things you have to know about on either end of the spectrum. Anytime on any kind of bell curve at the end of the spectrums are extremes and there's going to be things you have to know about. So if you're a vegan, there's a lot of things you are going to tend to be deficient in. So it's it's fine to be a vegan, but you just have to know about certain things. Particularly, I mean, most people know about the B vitamins. Like you can't get B vitamin from plants. Uh, so you basically have to supplement for a B vitamin. But I got a list of like 11, 11 others. I'm just going to quickly go through them. Um, some of the fat-soluble ones like vitamin A and vitamin D are going to tend to be deficient. Uh, in Florida, the D one's not as big of a deal because we have sunlight. You know, if you're basically north of Georgia or L.A., you're going to have to supplement, basically, because you're not getting sunlight all around, you know, the whole year, basically. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're diligent about getting sunlight in Florida, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Leucine. Uh, if you're missing leucine, which comes a lot from uh, meats, it tends to lead to a loss of muscle mass. I think that's why... A lot of vegan athletes may struggle with putting on muscle mass. Not that they can't. It's just a little harder. Okay. Yeah, glutamine. Um, glutamine, strenuous exercise will actually decrease your glutamine level. So if you're vegan and you're working out hard, that's another one to know about. Okay. The B12 one, I already told you about that one. Um, you can supplement for it or there are fortified foods like tofu that do have B12 and they, they basically inject it in there. And then you got creatine, taurine, carnosine, DHA, heme iron. I'm just going to kind of highlight a couple of these. Heme iron. Um, so iron, you can get iron in plants too, but there's non-heme iron and heme iron. All right. So plants only have the non-heme version, which is harder for the body to absorb. Calcium. Um, you need vitamin D to absorb calcium. So if you're already deficient in vitamin D, because uh, you need that from you know animal products, then calcium is also going to be a problem. Uh, and then the last one being zinc. So th- that I mean that's not an exhaustive list, but that's like twelve things that are typically found to be de- deficient in vegans. What was that documentary that just came out that was like all the rage about vegans and athletes and 
how amazing uh, veganism was is. Was it Game Changers? I game think. Changers. I haven't seen that yet. It, interesting documentary. Definitely check it out since mm-hmm. you're interested in the nutritional space. But one of the things that they didn't really discuss was supplementation. They were just like, you can get everything on this diet. It's good. We're all set. And they weren't like, hey, you're going to miss things because there are things that are only in meat that aren't going to be right. in these plant products. And that's one of the things I think is a huge issue when we talk about diets. Like we talk about the carnivore diet. We talk about X, Y, and Z is, hey, well, we think it's so great. We want to endorse it. But you have to n- note the difficulties with each of these things because none right. of them are perfect. Right. And w- there's also not enough research to know which one is the best and which one's not. Yeah. And then so on the flip side is the carnivore. And the big sort of caveat there is that you have to eat some organ meat, particularly liver like at least once a week to get everything in. So that's where a lot of people struggle because the liver's got a bit of a taste to it. <laughs> not my favorite thing. It's not my favorite. My trick is I just, just cover it up in mustard and it does the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can also supplement for liver too. There's uh, desiccated organ supplements. Heart and Soil makes them. There's a couple other companies that do it too. Yeah, I've been doing just a multivitamin, like one a day. But at the same time, I should probably go the desiccated organ route. Versus what I've been doing, my first just a cheaper. Yeah, that, easy way. that's what I do, just to kind of cover all bases. Mm-hmm. So those are the ends of the spectrum. So in the middle of the spectrum, there's a couple sort of styles that I like. One being, um, well, have you heard of the 800 gram challenge? No, that's a very elegant solution. So the idea, the only rule to it is, uh, what was her name? I have to bring up, put her name in the show notes. The, the woman who came up with this, Sarah Kelly. No, it's a Jessica. It starts like E. Oh. It's not a normal name. <laughs> okay. It's EJ, EJ something. Anyways, so the idea is uh, you have to like get a scale and ha- you have to have 800 grams of fruit and vegetables a day. That's the only rule. Eat whatever you want, but make sure you get that in per day. The idea is that's kind of a, it's like a big plate of, of fruits and vegetables. And the idea behind it is like, if you make sure to prioritize that first, you're going to tend to not overeat and, you know, some of the crappy food. So I like this combination of trying to get the best meats possible plus the 800 gram challenge. I think that's a great solution. It's very sensible. Yeah, so, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's one style. And I would say, when I say best meats, try to go grass-fed, grass-finished. Grain-fed uh, meats are going to be high in the polyunsaturated fatty acids, which, which is a big no-no. Uh, and then another sort of style is, uh, this is from Dr. Kate Shanahan, uh, her book, Deep Nutrition. Um, she has four sort of pillars of health things that you need to get in your diet. So I like these ideas. Number one is fresh food, and that's all about getting antioxidants. So that's fruit and vegetables, right? Uh, then it's all about meat cooked on the bone, and that's for connective tissue and joint health. And then you got sprouted and fermented foods, and that's about your immune system health and your gut health. And the fourth pillar is organ meats for your vitamins and minerals. So that's another way to think about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, there's obviously way more diets out there, but I think that kind of covers how I see it in my mind on a spectrum. Now, one of the, I, I dated this girl for a little while who was a nutritionist. Um, don't know her levels of expertise. Well, she was definitely against the ketogenic diet. And this is back when I was against the ketogenic diet. Now I see some more benefits to it. But one of the things she said, I was like, well, what's like, if I could just make a blanket statement generalization, what's the best diet? And she said the Mediterranean diet. Now, I still don't know anything about it. Do you know anything about it? And do you have an opinion? That's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, it focuses a lot on olive oils, a lot of fruit and veg. Um, 
another sensible diet, you know, you know, I definitely bias towards the, the high fat ones. I just think that fat is missing in a lot of these diets and our nervous system is made of fat. Right. And so you're seeing like some degenerative, like cognitive problems uh, with these diets are really low in fat. Um, so that alone right there is like, boom, we need that. Right. I mean, carbs are not essential. Fats are essential. Proteins are essential. So why are we avoiding fats? Just because of the word fat, you know? Yeah, and I think we think, well, if I eat fat, I'm going to get fat. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It the does not way more way. nuanced than that. Yeah. And well, that's one of the things. It's like, well, we have to think about when we think about carbs and fats, which one are we using for fuel? Yep. Um, well, we're burning fats. That means we're pretty good at utilizing the fat for fuel. So if you're a fat person, then you actually be able to probably utilize all the fat that you're storing currently. Right. But at the same time, carbs are so high energy, so high output. That if you don't use them in that moment, they're getting stored immediately as right. But yeah, that kind of segues into what I want to talk about next is sort of the idea of flexibility to be able to burn fats or carbs. And if you are always on a high carb, low fat diet, you're never really using fats as fuel. So you're never going into ketosis. Well, very rarely going into ketosis. Where if you are on a carnivore stuff you know, diet, you're going to get into ketosis pretty often, and then you become more metabolic, metabolically flexible. And this is, I mean, this is a big deal, especially now with COVID. The people that are dying of COVID are the ones that are um, not metabolically flexible. and they're, they're so, like, geared towards burning carbs. So they're basically, if you have an abundance of carbs in the system all the time, it's going to lead to chronic inflammation. So they're basically pre-inflamed, and then they get the virus, and that's where they're struggling. Now, what do you know about the paleo diet? Because this is definitely a diet that's very popular in, like, the CrossFit space. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it got so popular in that space in particular, but... That was one of those ones where we talk about like the carnivore diet being, hey, let, let's eat like our ancestors. Let's eat. Yeah, like caveman. That's the idea. Eat. If the caveman had access to it, you can eat it. Right. right. So, and, and the paleo diet kind of had the same ideology. I'm not sure how well it's adhered to that, but what's the paleo diet all about? Yeah, I mean, it was it's basically the same idea of, of like, you know, we evolved to eat a certain way and we suddenly in the past few hundred years got away from that. Let's go back to ancestral eating. That's the idea. So that is mostly fruits, vegetables, and beets. Well, I should say it the opposite way, a little more meat-centric, plus fruits and vegetables. There are certain like tenets in it, like um, they suggest staying away from nightshades, because I think this is the beginning of understanding this whole plant toxicity thing. Mm-hmm. So a nightshade is related to the, um, the belladonna plant. Belladonna will kill you if you eat it. In fact, they used to, um, I think it was the Renaissance period, they used to the women would put droplets of belladonna in their eyes to make their eyes dilate, to make them look more attractive. This <laughs> is a very dangerous habit. Anyways, Old move. So that's belladonna, <laughs> right? Uh, so nightshades are a class. Of, well, belladonna is a class of the nightshades. And things like eggplants and tomatoes are nightshades. So on the paleo, they say don't eat those. Gotcha. So there's a couple little restricted things. But yeah, like I said, this is, I think, I don't know when the paleo came out, maybe a decade or more ago. I think probably even longer than that, 15 years ago, probably. I think we're just catching on to this whole idea of like, maybe not everything is great about plants. Right. So. Yeah, that's definitely the thing. It's like, oh, eat your fruits and vegetables, but which vegetables? Just be careful. Right. I was listening to the, before we started, I was listening to, what's his name? Paul Saldino, who's a big proponent of the carnivore diet, discuss plant toxicity. And he's just listening off like 50 toxic chemicals that are in plants not even pesticides that we put on them to protect those plants, but pesticides that are in the plant natively to protect it from things that want to eat it. So right. 
Those he, are things that we have to consider. And man, he can rattle those names off. <laughs> yeah. I got polyphenols. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, that's what I have on all this information. You have some strategies around this? Yeah. And this is the thing I want to talk about in the next podcast is, okay, once you've figured out where on the spectrum you think you should fall, what do you do to implement these this diet strategy so that it sticks, so that you're not going all over the place, that it's not a diet per se. It's just part of your lifestyle. This is how you eat. You eat well. You eat for your body and for your goals, and it works. And that's going to be the next part of the conversation. All right, John. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions you want answered, find us on Instagram at Modus Naples or send us an email. You can fill out a contact form on our website, which is modusnaples.com. Make sure to check out our blog and our shop as well, where there are downloadable programs that we'll continue to update. This is the Move with Botus podcast. We'll see you next week.